This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, Now, up to to bat, Brett Boone. One more thing about the All-Star game and we'll move on. Uh, I thought it was cool. After all the stuff, you know, I was there four days going here, there, there. You know, we did our on-field. I went up to the suite and I'm... I'm eating it, and I all of a sudden the game started. We, we got an extra ten, so we're good. So we're good. Oh, cool! I go up to the suite, and I'm getting ready to get. This is yeah. This is right before I saw you on my way out, and I sit down and I'm just relaxing. I'm getting something to eat. I'm having a little dinner, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like the first or the second inning, whatever. I'm not watching the game. I'm inside. I'm watching it on the screen, and all of a sudden I hear that that crowd erupt with the Otani chant. And I went, it got me out of my chair. I walked out and you were, you talk about the booze you had in Seattle. I remember that in 01 when you came back. And I mean, but to me, I thought I, I, I would smile. I go, yeah, they're booing them, but that's kind of an adulation. That's kind of a respectful boo. You know how loud it was at Safeco field. Now T-Mobile in 01, it was a rock. It was a, it was a rock concert every night. And all of a sudden I heard this Otani chant. It got me out of my seat. What'd you think of that? And then not only touch on that and I'm tired of talking about it because, but it's so, it's, it's something I've never seen before. Didn't think I'd ever see in my lifetime what Otani's doing. So tell me when you heard the chant and then just touch on Otani real quick. Yeah. Well, I'll start with the end. I mean, the chant it's, it's, it's well-deserved because very, you know, you know, this booty, I mean, there's some things that just fit perfect, right? Mickey Mantle in New York, a big poppy as a Red Sox, um, Griffey in his early days in Seattle. There's something about Otani in Seattle that makes a lot of sense. First of all, from an RI point of view, ownership management, he's the one guy that you can almost pay him anything, 50, $75 million, and you will get a return on that investment if you have a market like New York, LA, San Francisco, and Seattle. But you've seen the success that uh, all the others have had, uh, you know, Suzuki, Ichiro, and others that have had very successful. They still, some of them still live there. I know Ichiro still spends time there. Uh, so I think that's a fantastic match. Uh, I think the Mariners are doing a great job with everything their business, their player development, their drafting well, and Otani would be the icing on the top. To answer your question, Booney, I mean, they say the last time we saw this was Babe Ruth. Uh, I think Babe Ruth will be the first to admit that he didn't have the skills of Otani. Uh, first of all, this guy is the biggest, the tallest, the fastest. Uh, <laughs> uh, when you think about hitters, 
He's Aaron Judge in his prime. But also, he's like three people in one. He's also Justin Verlander in his prime as a pitcher. But he also has, in the last three years, 21, 22 triples to Aaron Judge's zero. So everything about this guy is so unique that, that I'm personally in awe, and I don't think we'll ever see this again. The one caution is if you're ownership group that is bringing them in, I think you have to be really clear on the expectations moving forward. How do you forecast what he's going to do pitching versus hitting or both, or do you pick one or the other? I think these are real questions that people have to ask themselves before they take on a huge trade or even a free agent. What is your expectations for Otani? I think you bring up a good point. And, and I was discussing this the other day with, with somebody, uh, he has set the bar so high, Alex. And and if me and you would have sat down and had a discussion 20 years ago, said, Alex, you know, there's going to be a hitter that that uh, hits two, 260, hits 20 homers, drives in 70, and he's also going to be the number three starter. We both look at each other like you're crazy. Okay, just if you were a good player, just if you hit sixth or seventh and you were three or four in the rotation, that would be unbelievable. But the fact that he's doing he's leading the league in homers and he's he's an ace on the mound that goes to the mound every fifth day. He's stealing bases. He's stealing home plate a year ago. People don't understand that takes a lot out of you doing all that and then stealing bases. Uh, I think the cool part about him is, though, he does it with. It's not an arrogant way, but he'll steal second. He'll look at the second baseman. They'll exchange, you know, pleasantries and he'll just smile like. Yeah, I know I'm doing something freaky, but it's not from an arrogant breath. If you know what I'm saying, it's like I'm kind of I kind of pinch myself every day thinking, is this real? It's that unbelievable. I'm enjoying it, Booney. And I was a big fan of like your bat flips and all that. You were ahead of your time. Uh, so was Barry Bonds. So was Big Poppy. But today, all that will be celebrated. And I love that. And I love players having more fun. Look, it's it's hard to hit a home run. Uh, and, and these pitchers throwing harder and the ball's moving better. And when you do something special, like hitting a home run, which doesn't happen often, I, I think you should celebrate it. Let, let them know a little bit. Let That's them know. Right. Uh, you think Otani's playing somewhere else in September? I'll give you my thoughts. I want to hear yours first. Oh, man, that is a hard question because I can't forecast um, what Artie's thinking, but – if, if I was running the team and I felt like we couldn't sign him back, I would try to get an enormous package somehow. How about I, just, I just don't know what it is. I don't think he's going anywhere. And for this reason, I don't even know where a team starts with, okay, what do you do? All right. We're going to give you Max Scherzer in his prime and Aaron judge. What are you going to give me? And, and by the way, Otani hasn't given you any assurances that he's going to sign on with you. So basically, give us your farm system, and you've got a rental player for two months. I just don't think we've seen the player of this mag magnitude that's going to impact at the level he's going. I just don't even know what the trade value is, and I don't think anybody does. It, it, I, think, it's a, go yeah, ahead. I think here's the thought that I would think about if I was, if I was the Angels. I would want to get a bunch of draft picks. I want to load up my farm system. If, let's just say if Seattle. Seattle will have to sign them before the trade. So they will have to I, I, Now you're talking. Right? Okay. And yeah. then if I'm the angel, I'm saying, okay, you're going to take um, Otani. 
but I also want to give you some of my bad contracts. Rendon. Right. So if I can unload a few or, or one big one and take that off the books, plus refurnish my, my minor league system, get some draft picks and get maybe a piece or two, now you got something. It's going to be interesting leading up, and and I've talked about this a lot. There's there's teams right now. We've both been on teams like this, uh, where you're kind of in the middle. You're in no man's land. Where it's if we make a a push up to the trade deadline, that gives management the the okay to okay. Now we can add a piece. But if you don't, and you're in la la land, and management's kind of I don't know what we're to do. We're kind of too far out, but we're not too far out. You know that place I'm thinking, and that's where the Angels are right now. They've won some games recently, but they're still, I think, four and a half back in the wild card. And what do you do? You got a week to go. You've got the maybe the biggest player ever on the market. So I think it's going to be interesting leading up to that deadline. It would be a different story if the Angels were clear cut to be a postseason team or clear cut to, no, maybe next year. I think there'd be some, you know, it, it would be a little more clear. But mm-hmm. the fact that they're not in or they're not out, add some more like fogginess to the situation. Yeah. It's definitely not an enviable place to be. If you have to make that, that move one way or another, because I can see a scenario where it's great and I can see a black swan event if, if it falls on you with, with, and you don't get nothing out of it. Without a doubt. Uh, what teams surprise you the most this year? I mean, Baltimore is just a great story. I, yeah. I, I love what I'm seeing there. It took them some time, but they've drafted well. They've developed. They're playing good baseball. That's a tremendous baseball town. Um, obviously, Tampa just never, never surprised because they're so good. I, I think the struggle of the big market teams, right, the Yankees, the Mets, the Padres. Um, you know, Booney, I don't know how you feel about this, and I'm sure we'll, have, we'll come back on if you want me back on and we can finish this conversation, but I, I think baseball has gotten so data, science-driven, analytics – that I love, I love that department. I really do. Uh, and say that department is 80%, but there's got to be a part where you got to do a little bit less math and more hard, hard baseball, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think we're, we're, we're missing that a little bit. Yeah. There's that fine putting the two together. There's that, 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 that perfect match. And, and you got to have somebody at the helm that has that perfect match mm-hmm. to intertwine the two um, trade deadline. We've both been on teams. You played for George Steinbrenner, another guy I would love to play for. You know, he's, he'll he'll tell you like it is. You might be on the cover of the, of the New York Times, but I know at the end of the day, he wants to win. I played for Marge Schott in Cincinnati. Yeah, She was a character. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, she wanted to win. It's great when you play for somebody like that. How important was it for you in that clubhouse at the trade deadline when you see management has your back as a player, when they go out and make a move to bolster your team? Do you think that has that big of an effect? It has a huge effect, Booney. And here's the thing. It, you know, I remember when, when Johnny Damon walked into our clubhouse, we became a world championship team. When he left, uh, we weren't. That, that's how important he was. Uh, when Brian Cashman made the great move of bringing John Olerud in, uh, when he walked into our clubhouse, we became a world championship team caliber. And of course he got hurt and we came up short and obviously the very infamous 2004 meltdown. Um, so nothing energizes a clubhouse more than really smart, uh, intelligent, gritty moves. Uh, at the same time, nothing takes the heart out of a clubhouse 
when management does either nothing or really stupid moves. That that just crushes because now you have 25, 26 guys looking at each other going, what the? <laughs> right. You, you got to dig down and find a way. You know, it's yeah. it's almost like us against the world. Um, OK, I can only speculate what it's like to be an owner. You're an owner now of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. How did that come together? How did that happen? Is it something you were always, always wanted to do one day? Yeah. You know, but it's not something I, I like dreamed heavily about. I mean, I always wondered. We, we all do. I mean, who, what, what baseball player wouldn't want to say? or any athlete, you know, I like to be in control one day. We all play fantasy uh, football. We all are making, you know, trades. When you and I were kids, we were trading cards. Uh, we had our favorite players. So we all dream of like, if, if we were in charge, how would we do it? Um, so I thought about it. We took a nice run at the Mets. Uh, we were the second winners behind Steve Cohen, who's doing an incredible job with the Mets. And it was good fortune because I think we, we were in a position where we were, we kind of hacked the system a little bit. We were ready to go when this Timberwolves opportunity came up. We had done about a year's wor- amount of work on the Mets. So we were kind of like mid- mid-season form. We were ready to go. Opportunity came. We moved very, very quickly. We love the NBA. We think that uh, macro is, is, is a global sport. Um, you have a young demographic. It's exciting. It's a two-hour game. Uh, and it's growing uh, year in and year out. So it's kind of also helps that I, I wasn't a basketball player, uh, especially with our baseball players. You don't have that tension. Uh, baseball players, no matter what, they feel like I'm better than you. You're better than me. There's some right, of that. Right. <laughs> um, but but I think it's um, I, here's my prediction, Booney. I think in the next you know 20 years, you're going to have you know a couple dozen athletes, retired athletes, are going to be part of ownership groups because I think athletes bring so much to the table. I think they're undervalued. And I think people like you should be making baseball decisions in big places. Um, and we need more people like you, more people like guys I grew up with, Reggie Jackson, you know, Roy White, guys that helped me out of my career. We need more of those people back in the game. Anything surprise you about now all of a sudden walking into the owner suite as an owner? Something that you couldn't have forecasted? I think the fact that is 365, 24-7, uh, sometimes for us, the off season is more busy than the season because you have summer league with a draft. Uh, you have, you know, 30% of the league is global. So I just think that it never turns off. And uh, like anything else, Booney, if you want to win and you want to do it the right way, you got to be all in. It can be a hobby. It's pretty cool, too. And that's a good point you bring up. It kind of helps not being a basketball player, not being the big Alex Rodriguez 696 home run to 2000 plus ribby guy. It's kind of a daunting thing for a young baseball player. And this is kind of like, Hey man, I don't know anything about hoops. I just, I'm just the owner. So I think that's a pretty cool dynamic you bring to it. Uh, here's my nerd question. You're in Minnesota. Guys come up to you for an autograph. They got Yankee stuff. They got Timberwolf stuff. Definitely not Yankees. Cause <laughs> we used to beat up the twins, uh, for a long time. So, um, I would say Tim Bulls for sure. Uh, Michael K ran into him uh, ran into him the other day. He's the one that put us together, thankfully. Yeah. So he's a friend of the podcast. I've had him on. Um, you do a broadcast with him. It's different. That how is it different than other broadcasts that you've been a part of throughout your life? It's more like this. It's just like two guys having a beer, having a pizza, watching their favorite teams, talking smack. Uh, having their buddies call on board, like on FaceTime, 
is very casual. And I think, Booney, as we think about growing the game of baseball in all sports, I think this forum is going to be very well. I can see you doing this and watching a game if we're watching a game. And you should come on one day. Ah, we'll I'll tell you what, I want, I want to come on. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Roger. That'd be That's awesome. We'll, we'll you know, I, I checked out, you know what I was really, and this is real. I, I, I caught you guys one night and uh, you had Barry, you had bonds on who's I played against him. You play, we all know he, he was ridiculous how good he was, but I really loved that interview. It was real. Barry told it how it was. He, he told you he was the greatest because yeah. he was, yeah. it was kind of like when I watched Jordan's, uh, you know, HBO the special. Dance, yeah. yeah, the last dance. I'm like, he's not arrogant. It's the truth what he's saying right now. When Barry speaks about hitting for that time frame in history, what he says is true. It's like, I remember just being out there putting up pretty big numbers and, and watching Barry hit and go, he's so much better than me. It's ridiculous. I love that interview when I had you on. I told uh, Michael K the other day, I said, I saw the Barry interview. It's my favorite. So I, I want to have Barry on this program too, but you I'm going to hold you to that. I want to come on. I want to come on the K Rod show. That and ask Barry to ask me to come on because I'll give a good recommendation. He's a great interview. He's a great friend. And again, he's a very much underutilized asset that baseball needs to use more. I agree with you. He's awesome. Booney, uh, I got to bounce. I'm a minute late. Um, okay. But I'm coming back here. Anytime you want to finish, I'm just a call away. You got it, Alex. I appreciate you coming on. For all you out there watching the Boone Podcast, listening to the Boone Podcast, I appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Alex. Thank you, Booney. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.